This is Amon Focus. This is Bianca Carosio. This is your boy Kevin Spence. This is Ashley Bing. Yo, this is Brian Summers, and you're listening to season two of We're Getting Better. Let's go. In this episode, we talk to photographer Antoine Maxwell about being a black photographer in Korea, transitioning back to the U.S., learning how to retouch, and not being afraid to ask questions. Stay tuned. When the episode starts, we find ourselves in the middle of a conversation about trusting photographers from different cultures. The topic was so interesting, we forgot to make a proper introduction. Fortunately, there's not too much left out. Antoine followed a passion for photography while working for a government job overseas and started down the rabbit hole in a foreign country, but not without any cultural differences or setbacks. Let's get into the show and hear more about how Antoine got over his issues. So pretty much, if I had a choice of trusting somebody foreign with my image that doesn't understand my culture, I probably wouldn't. I probably wouldn't trust him, you know. And that's not it. That's that's not a racist thing. That's that's not a prejudice thing. That's like, look, man, you're not familiar with what this is. Right. If we have a conversation and I get to know you and I figure out, well, maybe he does or maybe she does, then yeah, I you know I'll take a chance. But just going off off of um, first impression, nah. Yeah, yeah. It's it's it's. I got to a point where. I would never if if I did shoot for a Korean W or Korean Maxima or Korean L, I would not. Um, I would feel very uncomfortable having them edit my images, um, just because of their style of what they do. Just not and not even for retouching, but just makeup. You know, um, they like their skin pale. Um, you know, there is no contouring. Uh, you know, it's it's a different from the American style uh, or Universal. So they, uh, so I would never want my images. I would never want them to edit my images. And even when I shot, I think I shot like maybe two Koreans, because um, I really, I, I, cause I wanted to show them that I actually can shoot Koreans, and my retouch was a lot different from what their retouching was, and everything. And you know that I'm just thinking about it as you said it. It's art direction. Yeah. Because originally what I wanted to ask you, what, what I wanted to, that to end up coming around to being was this. I'm going to ask you, being in Korea, have you taken some of that experience shooting Koreans? Because I assume shooting, you be, you're in Korea, you're shooting Koreans. Yeah, yeah. I was going to ask you, if shooting in those situations have given you anything to add to coming back to America... Uh I, yeah yeah I, I, yeah it, it it more so of um of just critique uh, not when I critique of Koreans are very um they're very uh, what's the word they care about what they look like and how they look at the images and everything where you, here we do the same thing where you, you get a model or whatever and they might not they might not like something particular about their skin or whatever but they're like hey you know what you fix a photoshop where koreans they're very um their appearance is like like their thing like they're all about appearance um when it comes to the type of clothes they wear to their skin and everything so uh, what i've learned from from that from the few koreans that i've shot was you know i have to have patience um with them when it comes to them seeing the raw files um, in my camera or in my computer, if I'm, if I'm tethered um, to the 
post-production I mean, to the actual final image and you kind of have to ensure them hey look you know what you know once i retouch this is how it's going to look um you know i'm going to and they want to be skinny 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 so you know like if if you know uh, where here you know we might you know you might get some females or guys where they might have a double chin or they might have you know something when they you know the arm might be a little bit bigger they want to be skinny so i have to know okay when i go into this shoot i have to kind of talk to them before we even shoot to kind of like you know one thing i learned from a photographer this they they said that you know we're not just photographers we are psychiatrists mm -hmm. you know we are you know we're that we have to basically warm them up and make them feel good and and, and kind of coach them and talk to them before we even shoot i used to I used to tell a friend of mine that as a photographer you know you're you're a surgeon yeah you know yeah like this this surgery is i mean it's permanent on the photo kind of you know but uh you know you're a plastic surgeon when it comes to this this photo a little bit of clone stamping is your botox yeah you know Yep, liquefy is you know kind of tuck you know nip and tuck it's your, you know it's your brazilian butt lift yeah so <laughs> you know it, it's definitely uh it's definitely one of the things by, by being in can i say cause I, so being in korea um my clientele's i didn't have a lot of korean clientele's because they saw my style of shooting and they really didn't they wasn't used to it because they're used to shooting with other koreans and they like their cutesy you know props and they like their uh they like their blown out skin and their you know qc props and everything and they want to you know do the the peace sign and everything on their face and my style of shooting wasn't like that you know i'm like beauty high fashion you know serious look you know give me some weird angles that's gonna look high fashion and they wasn't they wasn't you know they weren't used to that so yeah so art direction yeah they, they, yeah you're, you're in the middle of you know art direction ideal a you know shooting for ideal b right you know and it's only b because you're not in the, the dominant area like let somebody that shoots Korean style comes to America. Granted, they probably will flourish because it's the melting pot. Um, but yeah, like cause the, the bottom line is you're, you're shooting something that is tight in a different market. Right. So coming back to America, did things start booming for you? Oh yeah. I, well, as soon as I came back to the U.S., it um, <clears throat> I've already because I already built up a clientele. I mean, I've already built up an audience while I was in Korea. So I had my YouTube channel, you know, um, where I was basically teaching retouching and that, and that nine, you know, and, um, you know, I had a big audience um, in the U.S. I think a year out be before I even left Korea, I was already hitting up people that was here in the U.S. for doing shoots. Mm -hmm. So I was already marketing myself because I'm like, you know what, I cannot wait to get back to the U.S. because... The market here for photography was bigger, even though um, you know it's a bigger it's a it's a bigger country. But I was able to you know hit people up that was in the DC area. So when I came back here, I literally I think I was here maybe two weeks, three weeks before I had my first, I, mean, I had my first shoot within like two weeks mm. of being back here. And I hit up a model agency um, and wanted to do a test shoot with some of their models, and I did a shoot. Um, I think I had already had a membership with a studio. Um, before I even got back. So I was prepared. Again, I'm a perfectionist. So, 
And because this is something that I really enjoy doing and I have a passion for it, I didn't want to waste any time. I'm like, as soon as I hit the ground running, like I literally wanted to do a shoot as soon as I landed mm-hmm. in, in DCA, you know, in Reagan National. I'm like, I want to shoot. I'm back in this. I'm back in the city. Is you know, I think it was it was December, but it was still kind of you know the weather was weird. It was weird, you know, mm-hmm. it was really weird coming back to 75 degree weather in December. Right. That is crazy. Yeah. So I'm like, all I want, and it was it was you know, nice blue sky, clouds in Korea. Everything is overcast. You know, everything is overcast. It's very muggy. Um, so not. I mean, you can get some really good shots, but um, you know, I was looking for those really vibrant bright colors hmm. and so i'm like man i want to shoot like i want the first thing i want to do is find my get my camera my camera stays my pelican that goes with me everywhere i go on the plane it doesn't check it because i don't trust them losing my stuff so yeah no nah, i wouldn't trust them either in my life yeah so i <laughs> definitely wanted to shoot as soon as i got off off the plane and um i think i did my first shoot maybe two three weeks after i got back um went to the studio met the guy met, met the owner had my first shoot and um, got got busy. Like I literally, like it was like I never, I never stopped. Mm. Look, man, I know you're feeling that beer. Let's, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> let's go and take a quick break. But when we come back, let's talk more about being back in the U.S. and just how you went about or how you still go about booking more, more shoots. Yeah. All right. This week's photographer spotlight is on James Vanderzee. Harlem-based but world-renowned. Born June 29, 1886 in Lenox, Massachusetts, Vanderzee would develop a passion for photography as a teenager, taking pictures for his high school. Vanderzee moved to Harlem in 1906 with his brother Walter and worked jobs as a waiter and elevator operator. A year later, he married Kate Brown and they moved to Virginia, where he would do photography work for the Hampton Institute, now known as Hampton University. After their first child, the Vanderzees moved back to New York in 1908. A few years later, James found himself playing with Fletcher Henderson's band and the John Wanamaker Orchestra, while also working as a piano and violin teacher. During the 1920s and 30s, and for decades, James Vanderzee would photograph Harlemites of all backgrounds and occupations, though his work is noted for his pioneering depiction of middle-class African-American life. He took thousands of pictures, mostly indoor portraits, and labeled each of his photos with the signature and date, which would prove to be important for future documentation. Personal cameras would gain popularity in the middle of the century, and the desire for Van Dezee's services dwindled. This meant less and less for his commissions. A few years later, Van Dezee was reported to be living in squalor and poor health. Art gallery director Donna Musindin took up his cause, starting to structure his home space and organize public appearances, and the two married in 1978. Revitalized, Van Dezee worked with a new wave of celebrity. As an in-demand photographer, some of the luminaries he captured this go-around included Bill Cosby, Lou Rawls, Cicely Tyson, and Jean-Michel Basquiat. In 1981, Van Der filed a suit to reclaim more than 50,000 images from the Studio Museum of Harlem, the rights to which he had signed away after his eviction. This case would be settled posthumously, with half of the work being returned to the photographer's estate 
and the remainder being retained by the museum and the James Van Der Zee Institute. Van Der Zee received several accolades upon his return to the spotlight. Among his honors, he became a permanent fellow of the Metropolitan Museum of Art and received a Living Legacy Award from President Jimmy Carter. After receiving an honorary doctorate from Howard University, Van Der Zee died of a heart attack at the age of 96 on May 15, 1983, in Washington, D.C. His work has continued to be celebrated for the past several years with special exhibitions honoring his legacy. For more information about James Van Der Zee, visit www.biography.com. Back to the show. So we're back, and you're back in the United States. Yep. You know, you went to Korea for a little bit, you know, honed your skills, uh, got mentorship from, from uh, James. I'm pretty sure you're still communicated with, communicated with him at this time, but you're also back in the U.S. Yep, I'm uh, back. So, like, what what's shooting like now versus how it was then? Uh, so now it's, it's actually... Um it's on a different level um, now you know before I was you know in Korea I was shooting um, you know Russian models or uh, different nationalities of models um, now you know in here I'm still doing the same thing but the, the level of quality of models um, is different uh, um, not, not to cut you off but I also imagine your portfolio is, 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 is diverse uh, yeah, my portfolio is very diverse. Um, I, I got everything from uh, from Russian models, Korean models, um, you know, your black models, your white models. Uh, or I, I won't say models. I'll say I'll say subjects because okay. um, because a lot of my portfolio uh, basically is from individuals that I seek that I seek out and say, hey, you know what, you want to do a shoot, mm-hmm. and then they would be like, okay, you know, we'll do a shoot, you know, whatever. That I thought were not so much attractive, but I, that I saw something in them that. Interesting. Interesting about them, uh, whether it was their eyes or their or their bone structure, or whatever. So, um, but now shooting um, here, it's a lot different. So my portfolio, um, it, it it's on another level uh, because I'm shooting more models. You know, recently, uh, you know, my wife and I went to South Beach to do. Um, well, we went there for her birthday. And, you know, everywhere I go, I try to throw in a shoot. You know, no matter where I go, I try to throw in a shoot. Um, I don't know if it's selfish or if it's the entrepreneur in me that basically, like, look, I have an opportunity, um, so I'm not going to pass up on this. I'm going to shoot. So, uh, you know, we went to South Beach um, for her birthday. And, you know, I be, before we went, I searched out, I, I researched some agencies in DC, I mean, in, in South Beach and, um, and wanted to, you know, do some test shoot with some of the new faces. Um, again, goes back to the whole thing of blue sky, you know, uh, ocean, blue water, sand, you know, they don't have that in Korea. So um, I reached out to them and got a lot of feedback on it and was able to shoot, um, you know, some of their models um, down there. And so um, to be able, so to be able to add that to my portfolio, you know, it was it was really good because I couldn't get that while I was in Korea. Real quick, can you explain to the listeners what exactly a test shoot is? Uh, so a test shoot is basically you don't get paid. 
okay. pretty much in a nutshell. Uh, there is it's a mutual agreement between you and the client, whether the client is a model or the client is an agency uh, or you know whatever it is that basically this is pro bono. Um, you know, a lot of, and I think sometimes some of the models don't even know what test shoot means because they're like, oh, well, you know, um, you know, they say, well, can you edit, you know, 20 images? And I'm like, no, you, you get what I give you because it's more, and that's how I feel. I feel like it's, you get what I give you is more of a test shoot. If I give you one image, then that's pretty much, you know, what you get, um, uh, so I have some models that would be like, well, you know, I want 15 images for my portfolio. I'm like, why do you need 15 images? You know, like you just need maybe two, three good shots, you know, that we selectively pick together. Cause I'm really nice with it. I'm, I, I think I'm a really nice photographer. I sit nice, there. Nice, nice, nice as in talent or nice as in like a nice guy? Both. Okay. Both. I think I'm nice in talent and I think I'm nice as is a photographer where I will tell them, you know what? We will sit down together and we will pick the images together. Um, you give me your 30, I'll give you my 30, and then we'll come together and then we'll try to get it down to about four or five images. And then you'll get those retouches. Um, I know some photographers that are like, look, you get what I give you. And I wanna be fair to the models um, when I do a test shoot because they are taking time out of their day to actually shoot with me. And so I want to give them the respect and basically give them, you know, we all, I want them to be happy at the end of the day. Because in the end of the day, I want to be able to shoot with them again um, in the future. And so they can spread the word on social media and everything else. So I don't want to be a dick. And can I say dick on your show? Yeah, he can say whatever okay. you want on okay. show. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> this show got an E on it for Got explicit. an E, explicit. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't want to be a dick to the model, you know what I'm saying? And, 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 um, have them not like me because I didn't give them an extra few images. So I'm a little bit lenient when I do it. Um, and so, um, so yeah, so definitely, um, you know, I, I kind of don't do test shoots that much anymore unless I feel like it's going to enhance my portfolio. Mm -hmm. Um, like I recently did a, I recently did a shoot with, um, Ashley, Ashley, uh, Molina, that's her last name. She was on top model. I think she was like in the top nine, uh, back in, in New York, uh, we shot at um, Central Park, hmm. and I reached out to her um, because I, I really wanted to kind of, um, kind of, you know, with this kind of with this kind of business, you know, it's always progression, um, and I, and I didn't want to get stale with shooting a model or sh a regular model or shooting a regular person. I wanted to kind of go in and, and enhance my portfolio, so I reached out to her, and she agreed. She loved my work, and uh, we met up in New York. And did a shoot, you know, had a stylist, makeup artist, a whole nine. Um, this is actually like my second, third time actually working with an entire crew, um, which I couldn't get that in Korea. Um, in Korea, makeup artists are a little bit harder to find because they only, literally, they only have like one palette of skin, like one palette of makeup, you know, because they want to be white. White? Yeah, pretty much. They want to be white. They, 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 they want to be, they want to be white and they, you know, and they, and you know, the I guess the Koreans looked at it as, you know, the darker you are, the more you're out in the sun. If you're out in the sun, right. then you're a worker. Right. It's not it's not a racist thing. It's just a... It's um, a cultural. It's a, a, it's cultural a cultural thing. It's a cultural thing. And that's a culture. And I understand it. And it took me... It took us, my wife and I, it took us a while to really understand the cultural difference between the U.S. 
and Korea. And so now being back, um, you know, I kind of have to almost, um, you know, kind of bring myself back into reality and say, okay, you know what, we're in the U.S. now and it's a lot different than being over in Korea. Um, so, um, so you know, it, it, so going to South Beach and shooting, uh, you know, the model and everything, it was a great experience. Um, and, you know, uh, like I said before, how she would, with, uh, with, with, with shooting with Ashley, um, it was, I was nervous. I was really nervous. And, and I think the reason why, uh, this is how I know photography was, was a, a, a gift um, that God instilled in me because um, every time I shoot, I'm nervous. I've been doing this for four years. I started back in 2012, and I've been doing this for four years. And every time I'm shooting, no matter whether I'm shooting a person that's been on a reality TV show or whether I'm shooting um, somebody's kid. What kind of what kind of nervous is it? Is it like a Willie Beeman nervous? <laughs> you know, he's throwing up before every, every every photo shoot. Nah, not I'm not I'm not you know not chunk you know I'm not, I'm not chunking up everything. Um, but it's more of a, of a it's a nervousness of I don't know what to expect. Mm. Um, you know I don't I feel like I'm I, I feel like I'm pretty dope with you know with lighting. Um, people are always amazed by the fact of how I get the images I get with one light. I'm a one light. I'm a one light wonder. You know, I can do a lot of I can do a lot of magic with one light, and a lot of photographers that I mentor now, uh, which is crazy to say, um, because just four years ago somebody was mentoring me. Mm-hmm. So to be able to so the the people that I mentor now, they're so amazed at how I light and what I do and how I do it, and so but I'm still nervous every time. Every time I'm nervous because I don't know what to expect. Um, for the end result, but it's funny because as soon as I start shooting, the nervousness goes away and everything is, everything goes great. And, and so, and I try to psych myself out and say, okay, next shoot is going to be cool. But as soon as I come back to that, but as soon as I go to the next shoot, I feel the same way I feel, I felt last time. Do you, I never can break it. I can't break the cycle. Do you, do you draw? Yes. You ever... What's, what's the feeling you get when you get a brand new sketchbook and you open up the book and you got that first page that's blank? And... Uh, I'm nervous because I don't know. I don't know what to. It's not saying I don't know what to draw, but um, yeah, yeah. I say that I you don't, don't know what to draw. You don't know what's gonna happen. On I don't know what's gonna page. happen. Yeah, and, and you don't. You don't want to mess up. Yep, I don't I mean, mess up. That's that's a healthy nervousness. Yeah, it's like all right, look, I'm nervous. Not nervous enough to mess this up, but nervous enough to make sure I don't mess up. Right, exactly. And I don't want to. And the thing is, I don't because time. At least you know with the photo shoots, time is money, and I don't want to. Um, I don't want to mess up and waste people's time. And I want to make sure that the client gets what they see on my site, or what they see on Instagram, or what they see on Facebook. And sometimes I have to. Sometimes it's funny because I get people from Instagram that will DM me and say, your work is so dope. You know, I love how you shoot. Um, you know, I get people from from YouTube that see my YouTube videos from retouching and they say, man, I wish I can retouch like you someday. And I'm humble because I never expected 
people to, for one, I got almost 4,000 subscribers on YouTube where last year, literally last year to this, to this month, I think, um, I only had two subscribers. Mm. My other page, my other, my other Gmail account and my wife. And <laughs> so now you, you and your wife, me and my wife, and so now your page. and now I have three thousand nine hundred and ninety eight new guys, new people that subscribe to me, that comment on my on my on my stuff, that follow me. So, um, you know, I'm very humble uh, for the people that follow me on Instagram and YouTube, and people that follow me on Facebook, and um, you know, and the people that I mentor, and I'm always nervous because. I don't know what to expect, but as soon as I start shooting and I see that first image, everything goes away, and I know exactly. Um, I know exactly. It's like I. It's like I almost. It's like I go out of my body and then I come back, mm. and I know where to go, how to shoot, what I want to do, and then in the end result, the client love the photos. Um, I get people that say, "Man." He costs how much? He costs oh, 300 400 Man, that's a lot of money. I went over to a so and so in JoJo Photography, and I paid fifty bucks for all the images. And that's why I look like that. And I'm like, well, you get what you pay for. Exactly. And so what ended up happening is when we finished shooting, they like, you know what? They they tell me, you know, you worth every penny. Mm-hmm. And you know that's that's a that's that's a good feeling to have that they posted photos and they tell their peoples and. And everything, and so um, you know, so being back in the U.S., um, it definitely has, um, you know, definitely skyrocketed with my photography, um, and um, you know, it's I'm only going to get better from from you know from here. Um, you know, the plat my platform was Korea, um, you know, and coming back here is another stepping stone, and I can only get better, you know, from uh, you know from here. Hmm. So. Next question I would like to ask is just pretty much, how do you go about getting work? I mean, right now, I, I brought over two samples of portfolios from photographers. You know, it's 11 by 14 oversized prints, you know, about 16 pages average, you know, of this photographer's work that they send to different art directors and whatnot. Um, but personally, like, how do, how, how do you go about? Um, so, I mean, my, my method is... Um, I'm not afraid to ask. I'll, I don't care who you are. I don't care if you got 2.5 million followers on Instagram. I don't care if you got 200. If I feel like if I feel like I can shoot you, then I'm gonna hit you up. And so you know, I'm 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 pretty big on Instagram. I'll DM I'll DM somebody in a heartbeat. Mm. I have no problem with DMing um, you know anybody. You have like um, a you have like a, a a script that you have prepared that you send um, them. Nah, I don't have a script because everybody's unique. Um, or depending on the, the you know depending on the individual. Um, you know, I mean, I have a basic you know a basic line. You know, hey, what's up? My name is Anton Maxwell. You know, I'm a beauty and fashion photographer um, located in Washington D.C. Um, I love your work. I love I love um, your work or uh, your modeling or. Um, I followed you for a while, you know, uh, seen some, seen a couple of your movies. Um, I would love to um, do a test shoot with you one day, uh, or what have you. Uh, most of the time, if I if I say test shoots, is usually with you know a high end model or or an actor or actor or actress or whatever. Um, but I would say, hey, I would love to shoot with you sometime. Check out my work. Um, let me do you think and look forward to hearing from you. At that point, 
the ball is in their court. If they don't respond, then that doesn't stop me from messaging the next person. Because I feel like if I message 10 people, I'm going to get at least... I'm, if I get one, I'm good. I've accomplished what I wanted to do um, in my in, 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 in the method. My method was to get one person. If I get one, I always... I tell my wife this all the time. If I, I send out 20 to get one. If I get one, I've done my job. My goal... My goal, every year I set a goal, um, and I don't set, I don't do New Year resolutions, but I set goals. My, I have, my goal, I set one goal every year. This year, my goal was to, well, last year, my goal was to get published uh, in one magazine off the shelf. Well, the, in the previous year, my goal was to get published in one magazine, whether it was a magazine like about the shelf, whether it was a magazine like about offline, whether it was um, whether it was online publication, I just wanted my work to be on somebody else's website other than myself. And so, you know, thanking God, my I got published in seven magazines mm. in 2014. That's awesome. Seven magazines, fourteen. So. A seven different magazines, or, or, or published multiple times. Well, published published multiple times in three different magazines. Yeah. Um. So to be published that many times in one year, and my goal was only one, I basically reached seven hundred percent. I felt like seven hundred percent of that. So next year, I don't. So the following year in fifteen, I'm like, you know what? I don't want to be too cocky and say, all right, well, I'm gonna get published in five magazines. So that year, I say, you know what? Now. I can get published in an online magazine or I can get published in a magazine about flying. So this year, I want to get published in a magazine that I can, that you can basically buy off the shelf. Mm-hmm. That somebody can go out... Get a tangible copy of it. And ha- have it in hand at that moment. And so I went all year, all year, and I'm pushing real hard. And I didn't get discouraged, but I was like, man, it's at the end of the year, it's December. And um, again, you know, um, James Anthony shot for a lot of magazines and... Um, he put me in contact with Control Magazine, and um, talked to the talked to the CEO of the company, um, the editor in chief, and he said, "Send me your work and let me see what you got." So my wife and I, you know, this is before we left Korea. This is this is my last shoot that I had in Korea. My wife made the clothes for the shoot, um, the jacket and everything, uh, all the clothes. We shot it, and it came out awesome. And I was able to have the images published. Um, now, granted, the images were published um, in February of 16, but we were able, but he accepted the images in December or November. So I was able, so I felt like that was my one goal, that, that one goal I needed to get published. And so, um, and so I never, um, I never, I never stopped. I keep pushing. Um, even if I didn't get published, in that year, I will just roll it over to the next year, and I, I will look at it as a failure. I will look at it as something as a pause. They just pause for a year and just carry over, like roll over minutes. <laughs> you know, back in the day, roll over for singular. Roll, got roll over goals. Roll, yeah, I got roll over goals. So, um, so this year, um, so this year, my goal was to um, to shoot for an agency. Didn't care what agency it was, I just wanted to shoot for an agency. And I was able to accomplish my goal as soon as I got back. 
It's because the very first model that I shot worked for an agency, and I was able to shoot the agency, and the agency loved my work. So I'm like, man, I got to figure out a new goal now. That's awesome. And, yeah. all, and all of this is off of like either DMing or sending out an email. Yep. DMing, sending, sending out emails. Um, you know, I, I'll send an email in a heartbeat. Uh, I don't care. I'll send an email out. And like I say, whether you respond back or not, you know, if you don't respond back, then I feel like, okay, it's not time yet. You know, I feel like God will allow things to happen um, in due time. And, you know, uh, and whether it's my time or not for me to shoot with that company or what have you, then, it, then you know, it, it'll happen. I've I just been blessed enough for me to be able to shoot with the agency um, locally in, in, in D.C. Um, and, you know, it was great. And um, and actually, I shot two of their models from the agency mm. and worked with their makeup artists from the agency. So, um, so yeah, so I'm actually getting um, my second, I mean, uh, I'm actually getting published again from In, in, in Control um, coming up. So uh, that's, a, that's a blessing that, again in itself. Today, you know, you said you have a few men- mentees mm-hmm. and, you know, you've had a mentor combined experience like what's like the best advice that you would give to someone listening right now um i would say the best advice is um don't be afraid to reach out you know to uh to a fellow photographer that you that you admire um because you would never know you would never know um what their response would be or, or 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 if they would even contact you back or they might um, you know, I was fortunate to have a mentor that I knew to mentor me uh, with photography, retouching, and that whole nine. And so, I've had people re- I've had people DM me or email me and say they want me to mentor them. And when I respond back to them, they're like ecstatic. They're like excited because they were like, "Oh my gosh, I can't believe you actually responded back." Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, you know, why not? You know, like, I'm a regular person just like you are. I started from a place where you are. And so if you want to get better, then, and you're reaching out to me for that, you know, for that, then I feel like it's my, not so much my duty, but I feel like it's it's my responsibility to get this person to a certain place where they can now teach somebody else. And, you know. You know, one of the things I despise in in the world right now is trash TV. It's like (laughs) content that, you know, doesn't benefit the world. Right. You know, but producing things like we're getting better. It's it's educational podcast. Um, You know, doing things like yourself, like you, you have a tutorial show on, on, on YouTube. Yeah. Um, Those things, you know, no pun intended, help people get better. Right. Um, That, there's an impact on the world. So when you have people that reach out to you that genuinely want to progress in whatever it is that they do that they feel you're qualified to help them out with, then by all means, that's your responsibility to right. help make the world a better place. You know, and you don't have to go out and, you know, hug every tree or, you know, pick up every piece, <laughs> every plastic bottle off the street, you know, but in your own way to your best ability, you can make the world a better place by you know, solving a problem. If you if you feel like oh, all the beer we have right now sucks, 
your your duty is to go out and make some better make, beer. Better, make better beer, yeah. You know, yeah. You know, if you feel all oh, this photography sucks, your duty is to go out and make better photography. Right. You know, and help people. Even if you're not the one producing that better photography, you're you have you have to have some type of like hand hand in it. Like right. look, you know, I know Antoine, you wanna be tight, you know, I'm not tight, but here's this book on how to be tight. Right. Yeah. You know? My wife always she always I don't know if this is a good thing or not. My wife always calls me a photo Nazi. You know, <laughs> uh, she called me a photo Nazi. And I have a bad habit of, you know, looking at certain work on Facebook or Instagram or or on the internet or whatever. And I'm like, man, look how this photo is retouched or or what have you. And I get to a, and I got to a point where is I can complain about the person's work all day long. Um, you know, but I can either complain about it and move on, or I can, or I can reach out to them and be like, "Hey, you know, my name is Antoine. I'm a photographer. Check out my work. Let me you think. Um, I know that you're a photographer, also. Um, you know, I know we have different styles in photography, but I would like to extend my my skill set or my knowledge of retouching. You know, would you like it or not? You know, whatever. If they decline it, then hey, I move on, yeah. and I'll just keep complaining about the work. <laughs> <laughs> or you know or they would accept and you know i mean and we all are we all have different styles of retouching um you know but i feel like if you are in a industry of beauty photography and you know it goes back to the whole thing of porcelain you know like porcelain kind of you know mannequin kind of skin you know i you we, I feel like you really can't call yourself a beautiful a beauty uh, a beauty photographer um, if you if if you don't if you if your images don't resemble what beauty photography kind of looks like. I, I mean, if that makes any sense. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. It's it's a genre, right? So you can't call yourself a horror, you know, writer. You know, if you're writing this romance stuff, right? Exactly. You know, it doesn't it doesn't read like the genre you want to <clears throat> be in. Right, so I used to always look at magazines. When I first was retouching, I would always look at the magazines and be like, "Man, how come my images don't look like this? Like, what what am I doing different that I'm not getting this kind of quality of images?" So what I would do, like I say, I would hit up James and be like, "Look, man, I need your help. I need you to help me with, you know, my retouching skills because obviously my images are not coming out like your images. What am I doing different?" And um, one thing I was doing different was, I mean, not not to knock Lightroom, but I was editing all the photos in Lightroom, mm-hmm. you know. And so I was scared of Photoshop, mm-hmm. you know, because I didn't really know too much about it. Um, and that's the, and that's a bad thing when you don't use something because you're afraid of it. Mm-hmm. So what I did was I just broke down and just learned photography and learned Photoshop. Um, just learned it to the point where now I teach other people what I was afraid of. And so, you know, that's, and I think that's a really good thing um, because, you know, you can't be afraid to, uh, to advance or, or progress um, in, something, in, a, in a skill. So now, um, you know, I teach others how to use Photoshop and how to do and how to do different things. And when they ask me, well, how do you do this thing? And I tell them, you know what? I don't know, but I don't get afraid. And say I don't know, and leave me alone about it. I'd say I don't know what I don't know, but let me find out how to do it. Yeah. And I go and I research, and I find out how to do it, and I come back and teach them 
um, you know, how to do it my way or do it better than the way that I saw it. Yeah, or or, or just break it down to them for, you know, an easier way to understand it. Understand it, it right. Exactly. Yeah. Like you were talking about, you know, delving into something that you were afraid of, you know, like how else would you learn how to swim in the ocean if you don't never jump in the deep end? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and it's and it's, it goes back to with my you know what I do for my my day my day job you know IT. Um, I have a lot of people that like I'll give you an example my 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 wife's you know my you know my my mother in law, you know she <clears throat> she has a um, you know she has an iMac that her that her son you know gave you know her and her dad um, you know her and her husband and she also has like an HP computer you know. Something that I think I bought them a couple years ago, and we replaced the iMac with the HP. She's like, "Give me my old machine back," and I'm and I asked her, I'm like, "Well, why? Why do you want this old machine back?" She's like, "Because I'm used to using it." And I'm like, "Well, you don't, you don't want to learn how to use the iMac? I don't want to learn how to use it. Mm. I don't want to learn how to use it. I don't want to learn." And it's like it's kind of like, "Well, what's different about that computer to the iMac? It's the same, you know? What's different?" And like, and it goes back. It's, that's all I to say. You know, people are afraid to learn. They're afraid to learn something, to learn something different, or to come out of their shell. Because at the end of the day, you know, she'll end up using that machine, and it'll be, you know, not saying it'd be better than the, than, than HP, but she'll realize, you know, what it, it actually it wasn't that hard. Exactly. Yeah, it's just you know, this is what, a difference. Yeah, it's just the. X out button on the on the on the browser window is on the other side. <laughs> and on the other side, right? Yeah, it's, right. it's like, oh, I don't want to use this because I don't want to have to go all the way over to the left hand side to close out right. Safari. Small small nuances. But, yeah, you know, but like like you said, you know, like sometimes people are afraid, whether they admit it or not, to try something new or learn something new. Like, right. You know, what like whether it's like 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 my dad, he lives he lives and dies by chicken wings. You know, <laughs> yeah. like. He's a picky eater. Yeah, I mean, he, he 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 could probably live on chicken wings, you know. But you know, if it's if there's a few things I know that he loves is chicken wings, Twizzlers, and spaghetti. You know, <laughs> if if he has those three things on the island for the rest of his life, he'll he'll be all right. Wow. You know, but he's not he's not gonna try he's not gonna try no you know different dish just out the yeah. blue. That's not that's not him. Yeah. You know? But you know, it's what it is. It's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. But um. Man, look, we, we, we've been talking about some awesome stuff for a minute. And like I tell everybody that's been on the show, we can sit there and talk for days. Yeah. And that just means, you know, you got to come back. Yeah. You got to have another, you know, another another show. Yeah. Um, but like, until then, let people know where they can find your work, where they can subscribe to your YouTube channel and all of that. Yeah. So um, you can hit me up on my website, um, you know, www.antoinemaxwellphotography. A N T W O N um, Maxwell M A X W E L L Photography dot com. Um, my YouTube channel uh, Twanator T W A N N A T O R eighty three. I was a huge um, Terminator fan back in the day. So um, if you search me on that, um, Twitter is A Maxwell Photos and Instagram is Antoine Maxwell Photography. Awesome man! Like I said, we can sit and talk for days. But for all you guys listening. Check out those sites. Check out those social media sites. And subscribe to that YouTube page. I've checked it out a few times, and there's some awesome stuff on there. You trying to shoot? Oh, of course. Mozef.
All right, let's get it. So, you guys, we'll, we'll see you next week. Uh, and uh, we'll continue to get better. But Antoine and I are about to go shoot something. So, holla at you guys. Thanks again for listening to another episode of We're Getting Better. As always, drop comments, rate, review, and subscribe. Don't forget to follow our new show, Shooter with Shooters, every Thursday with the art hype, Dio Kosoko. And remember, let's get better.